anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains. Yeah, bro. So you know what gives me a little hope, actually? What is that? You know what was the thing that was most fucked up during Corona? Like right off the gate. What did I just need to ask you for? <laughs> Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, which goes to show, and this is my theory, and I'm not a supply chain guy or an economics guy. You know, I'm just a just a dude, but here's my analysis, is that prior to COVID, motherfuckers shat at work. So all the toilet paper that was used in office buildings had to then be rerouted to the American household through supermarkets. And the supply chain was not ready for that. And this doesn't even account for... Bro, what are you talking about? (laughs) No, hold on, hold on, hold on. And this doesn't even account for the amount of people that take toilet paper from work home. Bro. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I promise this. I'm going to connect this to a larger point. So... Think about this. You ever hear the little the little poem? Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. Come yes. on, finish it for me. Uh, I don't know. That's why I shit on company time. <laughs> yes. Every day in America, millions of workers do their little old mini strike by not shitting at home and shitting at work, which shows yes. there's at least some conception of their time being theirs and them being in charge of it. I know when I worked in a warehouse, I would take the longest shits. I had multiple apps. I got Clash of Clans going. Fucking Marvel Strike Force. I'd be switching app to app. I'd be I'm that tweeting. Bitch. I'm so sure, yeah, bro. I'd have fucking all apps on apps, bro. I'd have activities in the bathroom. And uh, it shows to me that there is at least... In the American consciousness, and we've talked about this before, people inherently kind of hate their boss and don't like following orders. Mm-hmm. Fucking, there is a conception of, fuck this, I'm going to shit at work. And I don't yeah. think America was ready when everyone was told you can't go to work anymore to provide enough toilet paper to the American household to account for the amount of motherfuckers no longer able to shit at work. <laughs> and that's why there was not enough toilet paper at the store. Yeah. And that sense. is an indicator... That there is more leftist sentiment in this country than the the establishment will let on. Yes. So that's my that's you feel me? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. So okay. how do we get people to strike for like a whole day? Well, first we have to <laughs> Obama. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's gonna get beeped. <laughs> no, don't even beep that out. Because yes, if we want to go on strike, that's the first step. You have to you have to in cold blood. Barack Obama, the 44th president of the United States. No, bro, the NSA. (laughs) The NSA, my nigga, come on, bro. They probably just heard that. (laughs) I was in D.C. this weekend, and we were joking that the second I pulled off the turnpike, some NSA agent intern had to explain to his boss what I was doing there. <laughs> You're sure. Yeah. You're sure he's good. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen what's on his phone? Have, Have you, you seen, seen it? <laughs> Have you seen the bullet points? What does this even mean? DHS foreign interest? What is <laughs> Um but uh, for those of you who aren't in the loop Last week, you know, it sucks because last week was a pretty depressing episode. I literally said that I would be happy to give the fascists my blood in a in a, in a, in a blaze of fury. We were not in, in, in a, a good place. Consciousness. Yeah, we were in just complete flow of consciousness. Just said a lot of wild shit because we were in a dark place. It was I was it was a demoralizing week. A lot of bad shit happened, and uh, more bad shit has happened since, quite frankly, and more bad framing of events. But the one glimmer of hope on last week's episode, the listeners might remember, is. We talked about the NBA strike. 
we're really hopeful about this. And, mm-hmm. and it was, and then, uh, so did, when did you get my DM about what Obama did? Did you get it at like 3 a.m. when I sent it to you? Or did you like wake up to that shit? I woke up to that shit. Yeah. It was like the first thing that so I saw. So how'd that make you feel? I was just like, fuck. Yeah. This is like a horrible way to like go up and go to my corporate data bitch job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like, yeah. fuck, man. Now, yeah. now this just adds to the sentiment yes. that I already have, you know? <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know what Obama did, um, he met with LeBron James, Chris Paul, and other members of uh, this board that's in the NBA. Um, and the specifics of who was there, I don't know that it's even been said, but there was a group of NBA players, including LeBron James and Chris Paul, that met with Barack Obama the night before they decided to start playing again. And so technically what, what the strike was, it, it isn't a traditional strike in the sense that it was organized. It, it's actually what's called the Wildcat Strike, where it happened mm. organically. It was just, and it started with one Milwaukee Bucks player saying, "I, I can't play with all this shit going on," yeah. and then other players standing in solidarity with him, mm. and then w- w- something that led to other leagues standing in solidarity with them. The fucking Mets. Listen, I don't know if you know shit about uh, masochistic fucking limp dick Brooklyn cops, but they all love the Mets. <laughs> and so that shit hurt. That went right to the heartland. And I just fucking, so like, and on top of that, what it really hurts, because fuck the culture war bullshit. I'm not over here getting my kicks off of like making the other side triggered like the other mm. motherfuckers are. The real kicks I get is in making the ruling class fucking squirm. And you know what makes the ruling class fucking squirm? The NBA playoffs potentially not happening. You know what? How much money that is out of their pocket? We talked That's about a ton this. of money. Yeah, we talked about this last week's episode on how powerful an NBA strike could be because of that reason, mm-hmm. and how they could put the pressure on the politicians and actually have the power to make shit happen. But what does Barack Obama do? He he, he descends from his Martha's Vineyard thirteen million dollar estate to convince Barack to fucking convince LeBron James and Chris Paul that you know how you guys have all the leverage right now. You should give it up, actually, because that's the and make money for your bosses, and then your voices will be heard when you have no leverage. That's the better way to go about doing things. Yeah, when the you don't want to lose your use your leverage and power, yeah. that would make them hate you. Don't use power. Power's evil. That's the liberal project: is convincing good people that power is evil, while themselves wielding it against good people. Mm. It's disgusting. Yeah, and uh, there is a meme on Twitter, hilariously. Earlier, before the strike even began happening, before Jacob Blake was even shot, I think, LeBron showed up at a press conference with a Malcolm X book. Do you, do yeah, you remember yeah, this? Yeah, he, you he said, said this to me like me and Polly Cyclas. You know, he's like, he's like, yeah, um, yeah, I actually just started reading this book. Um, smart guy. I had a smart guy. Really, uh, had a lot to say, man. Uh, Man, I'm gonna really get through this, and I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna actually say something. Yeah, and, like, and they actually bullied this nigga into reading that yeah, book. Yeah, no motherfuckers you know? <laughs> shat on this man. They were like, "This man did not read a single page." <laughs> and so then this motherfucker was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm going on strike, bitch." And but evidently that motherfucker did not read the book because Malcolm yeah. X has a lot of warnings about. Uh, people like Barack Obama, and there is not, and <laughs> that, those warnings were not heated. No. Those warnings were not heated. He didn't read that far. <laughs> no. <laughs> he got about two chapters in. Yeah. That's it. And, and it's tough because, uh, why the fuck is it falling on LeBron James? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's like, I'm not over here hating. Like, this man's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He should have to additionally read Malcolm X's literature and have a strategy against the 44th president of the United States. Like, this is fucking crazy. Like, this man playing basketball. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he going to do? Say, Obama's trying to mislead me? Like, yeah. he's probably just like, fuck it. All right. I, yeah. Whatever you say, yeah. man. Like, how, how do you go against the president? Yeah, the first black president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's the second time this year a phone call from Barack Obama and a meeting and him pulling the, the strings behind the scenes has cut short uh, the left progress. And if, if it's not clear to you, like, it's so... They play up the war between the liberals and the Democrats, the liberals and the Republicans. Mm-hmm. It is all for show. The real really war is. is the ruling class versus the working class interest. And they're so good at it that they very rarely have to let the mask slip and do something so overt 
as sending their bagman, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. to a meeting with the strike leaders to effectively break a strike. Bagman Obama. Bagman Obama. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you this. These motherfuckers, that's their, that's their card trick up their sleeve is Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. What the fuck would they do sans him? What the fuck would they do? What liberal leader actually has the charisma to sell the shit that he sells? Nobody but him. Because guess what? Hillary couldn't, and mm-hmm. I fucking doubt uh, Sleepy Joe's going to either. Yeah. I don't know. He feels like... It almost feels like he is acting as, like, like we've talked about before, like the the black Republicans, but in not, not so overt way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like... Sort of like the fate, like when you sent me that Flint, Michigan. But in video. many ways, he almost- is kind of a. He surrounded himself with Republicans. Mm. He uh, he basically solidified Republican talking points in our liberal discourse by giving them credence and meeting them in the middle nonstop. That was the the, the Barack Obama project. The Obama administration finished what the Clinton administration started and leaning head hard into the right-wing talking points. We talked about the DNC and how the project is now like complete, but the Obamas really continued that. And they, and they are the new couple. They are the new managers of the political movement in the same way the Clintons as a couple were. Now it's the Obamas with their Netflix deal and with their cultural impact and their podcast and their, mm-hmm. and they are effectively the leaders of this political movement. I mean, it, and mm-hmm. honestly, it's not that much of a stretch to say the leader because he chose our nominee. Yeah. And if you don't, if, if if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that Barack Obama, at the very least, has now interfered to end the NBA strike and interfered to nominate Joe Biden as our presidential nominee, well then stop listening to this fucking podcast. Go listen to Pod Save America. Go fucking watch MSNBC. Go eat, mm-hmm. drink your Soylent. Go fucking mm-hmm. go get your fucking kombucha. Go do whatever. Go do your yeah, self care. Go 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 to that PB and J sandwich. Go bar do your self care that isn't actually self care, but is just a way to make you more productive for your fucking bosses. Go do all your neoliberal bullshit. Go be a good little productive worker. Be try to build up your little four hundred one k. Grind, 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 and maybe hopefully the landlords and whatever hipster shithole you live in won't take so much of your cash that when the climate crisis hits, you'll die with us. But guess what? You probably will, fuckface. And so, you know what? Fuck all these people. I'm just so fucking done. I, no one wants to be on the actual side of justice because justice is hard. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, how do you blame LeBron James when the other alternative there was to say Barack Obama's wrong? The system's wrong. There is a conspiracy against us. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers would have called him crazy. Mm-hmm. What? How do you do that? How do you sell that? Because motherfuckers, you can't. Re- you can't. Mm-hmm. And like... But here's the thing. I wish they did because it isn't just about the NBA strike. While that's going to hurt the pockets of their owners, what it also would do, and on purpose, the New York Times did not call it a a strike. They called it a boycott. And they did this because they don't want the American people, and they did this for the same reason Barack Obama came down from Martha's Vineyard. They don't want the American people to have a conception of, oh, we can go on strike. Mm. My work, my labor, myself, I have intrinsic value mm-hmm. that isn't just based on what I create for someone else, but they take away from me and I have the power to say no. I have the value to say I deserve more to give you what you take from me. Mm-hmm. And that is a problem. And it's the same reason why they didn't fight to give us more stimulus checks, the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Now that's allowed Trump to outflank them from the left. Mm-hmm. He's offering relief in the eviction crisis. If you make under yes. 99K a year, mm-hmm. he's going to use – you read about this? Yeah, yeah. He's going to just freeze rent. Right? Yeah. So he's going to use um, – Oh, with the CDC, the coronavirus, CDC coronavirus uh, quarantine mm-hmm. legislation exactly. to effectively, if you're getting evicted, you can be and make under 99k, you can be quarantined and stay. And guess what? That is more than the Democrats gave to working families who are facing eviction. And now Trump can say he effectively did more for them. Yeah. And so guess what? Uh, he's going to fucking win. Yeah. Oh, he, he's going to fucking definitely win. Gonna win. But uh, here, and, and if he doesn't, it's only because the ruling class knows that Trump's a threat to the stability of this nation. Mm-hmm. And they're going to put their finger on the needle to get Joe Biden in there and turn things back to normal. 
That if, yeah. if Trump Trump loses, it's for that reason. And Trump's alluded to this in interviews, not to give credence to his QAnon conspiracy bullshit, but he said in some Fox News interview, he's very cryptically like, "There are people behind the scenes you've never heard of who are going to fix this election." And, and granted, this is just him casting doubt so that if Biden does win, he can hold himself up in the White House and not fucking leave. But. Mm. You know, who knows? Maybe he is alluding to something that's true, and 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 uh, and I'm not going to discount it because I'm and I and listen, I'm voting for Joe Biden. I've made the decision that mm. these people want us dead in the streets. So we talked about Kyle Rittenhouse all last episode. You heard about Jay Bishop? Uh, not really. I was kind of in and out that day. Yeah, I was busy. But all right, dude, governments. <laughs> Got to edit. You just said my name. Fuck. Again. Oh shit. <laughs> oh damn it. All right. Yeah. Never. All right. Damn. Ooh, that, I just want to be that, like yeah. you say your name a bunch of times. Like. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Fuck all it. Right. I'm gonna no do more, the edit. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, dude. Don't say my name now. Oh shit. It's edit. I'm gonna edit it. It's all right. All right. All right. So anyway, this uh, <laughs> this dude. I, what the fuck, Jay Bishop? Yeah. And Jay Bishop isn't even his name. It's like his online fucking name, which is really funny to have a like a a, a fascist persona. I'm Jay Bishop. It's also what if, if you're gonna choose a name, just like I don't know, it's not that good. Jay Bishop. Yeah. It's not like I don't know. It doesn't really have zing to it, no. especially not if you're gonna try to make yourself a martyr. Like pick something with a little more zing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh so we talked i think a little bit last episode about all the trucks that drove into portland Mm. and uh flying maga flags trying to run over protesters shooting paintballs pepper spraying people pepper spraying pepper balls out of the paintball guns and actually in the past this has happened before so uh maybe a month ago now a small group of or far-right fascists drove into portland maybe just a couple truckfuls and did the same thing with pepper balls and they posted some videos and hilariously they got bullied for not posting the part where they got chased away. Um, yeah. But now they came back and with more people because they're emboldened by the rhetoric after the Kyle Rittenhouse mm-hmm. um, and seeing that they would get support if they act violently. And so that's what they did. And uh, one of the attackers, um, the attackers of peaceful protests, and that's what they are, um, yeah. Jay Bishop was a member of a fascist paramilitary group called Patriot's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, this actual fascist paramilitary group that has weapons, is violent, mm-hmm. talks about Second Civil Wars, is way more of a threat to the fabric of this nation than even the pretend version of Antifa could ever be, mm-hmm. was given primetime MSNBC of, like just a window to talk about their beliefs and what they stand for. Mm-hmm. And the hardest question they were asked by MSNBC interviewers was, do you regret what happened this weekend? Acting like... What they were doing was justified, and they're just reg- – it's just – what a regret about how it ended up. Mm. Like, that wasn't the fucking goal. Like, death wasn't the – like, they didn't know exactly what they were looking for when they went down there. Mm. And anyway, this Jay Bishop guy – and it's so funny because it's, like, literally a week after Kyle Rittenhouse where dudes chasing down someone who shot someone are being called attackers. And Kyle Rittenhouse is being – it's being called self-defense. But then this fascist can drive into protests, attack people, get shot, and it's like, he's a victim. It's like, it's wild. He succumbed to the far left radicals that just are there and violent looters. Yeah. Yeah. It's all bullshit. It's the mental gymnastics that they put themselves through. Yeah. I imagine it must be maddening. I imagine these niggas cannot sleep at night. Yeah. I imagine these they're just up. Just like, how the fuck am I going to explain this shit tomorrow at work? Uh, you know? Literally. Like, I, it, literally. I don't understand. They are like, on Facebook, bro. That's why mm-hmm. they are the ones that post more than anybody. It's like nonstop because it's this mm-hmm. constant cycle of needing to reaffirm these beliefs that are, that are in conflict with reality. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the reality. They here's here's the reality. They are they are at war with reality, and reality will always win. I don't know who I saw mm. say that, but that stuck with me because I, lately I feel like I've been going crazy. Like I see the truth, no one else sees the truth, but the truth always comes out. It does the truth comes out? And listen, history is written mm. by the victor. La la la. But shit, there's stuff that's even happened in the past. You can look back now and you see people supporting the people that were the bad guys of history. You see people yeah. re relitigating. Oh, was they were they the bad? So listen. The truth fucking comes out 
it's good to be on the side of truth and justice. These people, the mental gymnastics, like you said, mm -hmm. gold medal Olympian level. Literally, Simone Biles. Yeah, it's gold. <laughs> For real. And, uh, and quite frankly, you know... Not to compare Simone Biles to a fascist. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, because but, she's a lovely woman. Yeah, but lovely continue. woman. <laughs> but quite frankly, we uh, we don't have to expend our energy doing all those mental gymnastics. To be granted, it's draining to be on the side constantly being demoralized and attacked. But we don't have to spend our time fighting reality, resisting mm -hmm. reality. We live in it every day, um, some more than others. And the wild part is reality is constantly fucked with there was um you know what i don't want to talk about this specific story because it will probably identify who i am but uh i think we're gonna we'll do an interview soon and i'll have mm -hmm. someone tell the story from a different perspective yeah um hmm, yeah i'm just really upset about the nba thing dude yeah it, it sucks because you know that somebody who Especially I, as a black man, I remember in 2008 watching my mother cry yeah. when Barack Obama got elected. Yeah. And then to see him do shit like this, you know, to purposely stamp the stamp out the movement, you know, yeah. as yeah. much as he possibly can. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's just it's disheartening, yeah. demoralizing. It fucking sucks. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah. So I totally understand where you're coming from. but So I'll know. say this, though. He only gets away with it because there's this whole, there's this whole Beltway media elite class of people that are so interested in legitimizing his opinions. They've mm -hmm. they've they've hitched their their fucking wagon to Obama and his mm -hmm. political project because he's technically like the most progressive president ever because of a. I don't know that that's. I mean, it, it, I mean, he is kind of. You would make that argument, yeah. Yeah, and, you and, could and, make that argument. And but. and they've cleverly, through the resistance of Republicans or the pretend show of resistance, they've made it like, see how hard they're fighting him. He's mm -hmm. the he's the enemy of the bad guy. So that oh, by default makes us the good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and people have kind of bought that. People also buy that he's a so so therefore people buy he's a good actor, mm. and that he's acting in good faith and wants to help us. So when he goes to the NBA and says, you know, I think this is going to cause issues in our country and the fabric of our nation. And, and, and that turmoil is bad. Like they constantly sell, the, like it's what we talked about, the, the darkness. We have to unify against the darkness. Mm -hmm. The project is to avoid the things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. That, cause guess what? If they made it go on strike, it would, it would flare up racial tensions. Mm -hmm. White people would be incredibly mad that the, uh, It's bread and circuses, right? Yeah. White people would be incredibly mad that they're like enslaved fucking circus freaks revolted. Mm, yeah. The bread's already been fucked with through COVID. People are already having bread issues. Mm. If they took away the circuses, mm -hmm. there's going to be some real fucking issues. And especially the race dynamics of the NBA going on strike mm -hmm. with all those white NBA fans that were... Because there's, there's always been something creepy to me about like the white dudes that are like, Mad obsessed with the NBA and black basketball players. Do you feel me? Yeah, yeah. There's something I, I get outish about that. I do recall meeting a couple of those white people from uh, undergrad. They yeah, are, they are a little bit strange. There's something yeah. to it there. I don't know how to articulate it, but there's a race dynamic there. And they play a lot of basketball too. Mm -hmm. They play like a ton of basketball. They're at the gym every night, mm -hmm. just in there hooping, not mm -hmm. getting any better, not getting any better. Hooping, you know. <laughs> And, you know, it's weird. Do they want to be black? Do they want to dunk? I don't know. <laughs> I, so I was going to go more in the direction of, like, it's kind of this weird thing of ownership. Like, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan, and, like, we, we as a team, we need to trade him, get him. Like, there's, like, this – it's, like – Oh, you you're feel what I'm from, saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the slave trade. Yeah, like not, not like like it maybe not, it's not reaching like, a little bit. No, it's, it, I mean, I totally get it because you could definitely yeah. draw that parallel. You a so bit. could, but uh, I'm not even gonna say but because that, that not totally even does but because guess what? When the LeBron was originally speaking out during the Kaepernick era, mm. remember Laura Ingram going on TV? Shut, Shut up, up and dribble. Yeah, yeah. like that basic like. Shut up and dance. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking terrible. Like, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> I didn't mean to put it like that, but yeah, I mean, but really, no, it's, it's actually what went on. Like, yeah, it, we can't sugarcoat it or nothing. No, that's also something I kind of want to talk about on this podcast. How America needs to come to grips with this fucked up past we have, yeah, and everything. I yeah. think that is just an important part of. Well, the, it's the an important part of moving to, forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Germany is great because mm-hmm. they acknowledge and and listen. There's they are currently having a struggle. Uh, the Reichstag was just <laughs> stormed mm-hmm. uh, like last week. <laughs> so like the shit that led to the Nazis last time is happening again. So listen, mm-hmm. they have issues, but they've spent a lot of time and effort in learning the history of the Holocaust, teaching it. Not trying to repeat those. It's taken very seriously, gravely. There are still Nazis there. There are still fascists. But in general, at large, Germany's taking the time to internalize what went on. And that was only, you know, half a century ago. Hmm. Britain, for example, has hundreds of years of, of imperialist history that they refuse to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really hilarious video of this Irish kid talking about, like, and the Brits... They just refuse to acknowledge history because they're just going to way, way cry. It's too hard for them. They're going to feel guilty. And it's like, it's very funny. And I'm doing a British accent with this Irish kid, but (laughs) it was very funny. I should play the video. But but we have a similar problem here, less less long term than than the British. But Mm. we're the British's little protege. We're Britain's little protege. Oh, yeah, no. We're their imperialist little brother. Yeah, no, the imperialists that, like, started here originally came from there. Yeah. Or originally came from there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, And quite frankly... We might have even more uh, <laughs> coming to terms with our history to do. Oh, no, we definitely do. Yeah. We genocided all of the Indian yeah. or Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, slavery. Like, at least That's Britain one. had Britain. Yeah. They started with Britain. Uh-huh. And then they fucked up other people's shit. We didn't even have shit and took it from the name. Like, yeah, we yeah. came in, just destroyed so many lives. And I don't know, maybe Britain yeah. stole Britain from... I don't know the history. I don't know how Britain started. I, honestly, I'm going to say this. I don't know that it's true, but Britain was once a thriving black city with gold <laughs> pyramids and shit, and they took it They took it over about... I heard... About, I heard <laughs> Dr. Umar told me... I was watching Dr. Umar stream the other day, and I heard something real interesting. It sounded like a utopia for black people where there was a 0% murder rate. It was amazing. And then, and then these white people from Can't. the mountains came down mm-hmm. and ate everybody. Mm-hmm. And then took everything for their own. And built ships and then took everybody else's shit. It's funny, though, because like Hotep alternate history is like barely exaggerated <laughs> it's like and, and, and history's yeah. just so ridiculous yeah. that it sounds so crazy yeah, but does. they're really not that crazy like it really is fucked what went on yeah. like, you know what's cra- what's really crazy the crusades it's just yeah. long-haired white men out there battling who loves jesus more yeah you know bro like- <laughs> they, someone tweeted like i can't understand how a christian group raised two hundred thousand for kyle rittenhouse and someone's like, are y'all fucking serious? You can't understand? You can't? Like, what do you mean? What about all seven crusades? It, it wasn't even one. There were seven. There's one more Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> There's almost as many crusades as Fast and Furious movies. And if you don't count Hobbs and Shaw and Tokyo Drift, There's more. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Yo, I can't wait to see how they make Black Lives Matter the villain of the next Fast and Furious movie. Oh my god. (laughs) It's just gonna be a bunch of black drivers (laughs) and they're all just gonna be crashing their cars, like jumping out and drifting their cars into like buildings and blowing them up and shit. It's gonna be Yeah, it's gonna somehow have nothing to do with the right wing running over people <laughs> and and have uh, no the next no hold on the next fast <laughs> the next fast and furious movie is just entirely going to be about running over protesters oh my god is going to give it like 10 out of 10 the yeah. must see movie of the summer the, must the fast and furious yeah. and people are going to be outraged America. about it people are going to boycott it and, and break a window at a movie theater <laughs> And there's going to be headlines like, Windows broken over Fast and Furious movie. What will we do about the violent mobs? By the way, see the movie where we murder the violent mobs. (laughs) While we're drifting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fuck. Yeah, no, literally, 
barely exaggerating what's going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that kind of um, happened, actually. <laughs> yeah, there actually was a right-wing independent movie that got some... Uh, so, uh, this is a whole other topic and uh, not very well-researched or fleshed out, but neither is anything we do on the show. But I was reading, it's something like... I'm completely making these numbers up, but it's a lot. It's in the three digits. But it was something like 256 instances of people trying to run over protesters since the start. It was like too many. I do, it wasn't 256, but it was like a lot. Well, more than It was less than 300, but more than 100. It was somewhere in that range. It was a lot about a lot of either way. Let's let's call it five. Yeah, as a conservative, yeah, amount, or a liberal amount, yeah. like you know, yeah. So, but regardless, these mother. So, a lot of attempted vehicular manslaughter, <laughs> yeah. and at the same time, so Fox News and Daily Caller, you know, news organizations we've talked about a lot on the show, mm. start deleting all these articles and videos where they're like. A, defending people who have killed protests, running them over. B, encouraging their audience to. C, saying shit like, well, can't, if you block the road, that's the rule. Mm. And then there's a Turning Point USA video, which is even wilder, which is like a turn. First of all, hilariously, it opens with, turn this video off if you're easily triggered. And then like a car runs over someone and then it's like, <laughs> hold on, then it goes, too late. And it's like, yeah, sorry that I'm triggered by murder. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You fucking, like, you <laughs> people are psychopaths. I like, I don't know. Like, literally, imagine walking into a restaurant with a loaded gun, blowing someone's brains out all over the table, and then looking around at the restaurant like, they're triggered. all looking at you horrified. <laughs> oh, look at you triggered fucking libs, you pussies. What the fuck? <laughs> Could you imagine just you sitting in front of like iMovie <laughs> and just like yeah, this will yeah. fucking get like this? And I'm sure the guy who made it is like never left his house. Like yeah, yeah, it's just these murderous psychopaths that have never touched a pussy and like Play too much Call of Duty. Yeah, no, literally too much Call of Duty is so. Uh, we, we've talked about Call of Duty a lot recently. I'm now realizing how big of a problem Call of Duty is. It really, it really is. is like <laughs> I like and and literally it's the most addictive game. I play the shit out of it. I've been mm-hmm. playing it since I was a little kid because it's like designed by the motherfuckers that do casino games to like give your brain rewards and make you play. And like mm-hmm. the little sound when you hit someone with the bullet, mm-hmm. like it's all meant to like give you oh, dopamine yeah. and Kills- shit. Kill streaks and light up very yeah. bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like a fucking casino game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's how they get you. But. Yeah. And Fortnite's even worse with the bright colors and shit. They mm-hmm. took that formula to the extreme, but like pro- Fortnite's at least like, you know, it's just like Iron Man and Aquaman running around and shit. Mm. Call of Duty's like, yeah, remember when we massacred a bunch of civilians? Actually, it was Russia. And here, you're going to kill more brown people. Yeah, it's this, like, yeah, it's wild. It's online match where you could just continue to do it over and over, over again. And over We're going to have the two sides be Al-Qaeda and America. It's not, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't use Al-Qaeda. They use some other Arabic No, literally, word it's just, a- they slam their face against the keyboard, Al, <laughs> and then slam their face against the keyboard every Call of Duty game. It's a different one, yeah. and it always be like, Al, how's it been Made up, but basically, you know is al-qaeda yeah yeah <laughs> you know? or you make that mental connect so unsubconscious subconscious connect but that's what it is these people these people are so fucking dumb it's just like a vague external threat they've so internalized the propaganda and rhetoric it's not even a specific and i actually read uh, a, a psychiatrist so trump hilariously this week and actually let me pull up this video but hilariously this week was like on paranoid rants about what Annie was up to mm. which is like so funny because <laughs> i don't know that like it's yeah. just funny it's yeah. just it, it like, truly is yeah. like, the, the amount of ridiculous shit that he was saying he's like yeah we're just gonna and Rand paul putting us in a subpoena for oh, all this is the so fucking funny. Antifa records, all their fucking, all their, all their travel expenses. Yeah. Which really, they just want to look at everyone who's a leftist financial records to mm-hmm. figure out who the fucking drug dealers are and throw them all in jail. Like, that's what they're going to do with that information. And, and no court's going to guarantee it, by the way. But mm-hmm. like, like, 
But they have been appointing judges left and right. I mean, I'm sure they could probably get away with it. But the hilariously, this all spawned after Rand Paul gets, quote unquote, attacked, leaving the RNC, which if you watch the video and please look it up, folks, all starts because some little dicked fucking bike cop decides mm. to use his bike to shove a bunch of protesters, mm. doesn't have good footing, gets shoved back, bumps into Rand Paul. And then now the right wing's like, look at the violence. Look <laughs> yeah. at the And it's like literally... It's the bike cop. In the, in the yeah. video, the problem is the cop. Yeah. Like, this is a perfect encapsulation of exactly what you're talking about. And somehow you fucking actual retards are looking at this and are like, nope, uh, yeah, mm, the problem here is the protesters. Yeah, I, I, just, I just can't see what that bike cop did wrong there, you know? They don't even see the bike cop. That violence mm. is to them justified because they were yelling at Rand Paul. And how dare you yell at a or sitting senator? Or be mean at yeah. anybody, you know? And, that, and they've so internalized that we are these people's, like, we're meant to be their bootlicking fucking servants. Mm. And how dare we yell at them? The the superior club, the elites. They're, they're better than... How dare you try to shoot God out of the sky with a spitball, you lowly fuck? Yeah. It's fucking garbage. But, uh... Yeah, so Trump's just nonstop. So I actually can't find the video real quick, and I don't want to like completely pause the shit. But word, so um, we found <coughs> it. Thank you for the brief break. So Trump, <laughs> fucking this motherfucker, has just been on one. And uh, so what I was referring to is these paranoid rants. I saw a doctor tweet out that you know external threats that you feel paranoid about that aren't actually real are perceived as a greater threat than actual real threats. So if you are a paranoid person, the the fake threat it, it is more terrifying than what the if if it actually existed because it exists in the confines of your mind. And so apply this to cops who think that Antifa's out to get them. Apply these to all the suburban conservative rumors about how Antifa's coming out to get them. There's this paranoia that's being played on about this external threat. And very much in the Call of Duty games, it doesn't matter whether it's all uh, whatever the fuck. It's this nonspecific eternal threat that our human instinct of paranoia has been played against ourselves to, to think of it as this great huge thing coming to get us. And on top of that, Adam Curtis in his documentary, Hypernormalization, which I will talk about a bunch and always recommend people to listen to, talks about disaster movies in the 90s and how in the run-up to 9-11, there are all these movies where you see the Twin Towers getting decimated. Yeah. It's very weird. Mm. And, and it's almost like there was this subconscious understanding that these ill-gotten gains, these huge cities, these monuments to our greed in, in the cities – there was a tidal wave that was going to come. There was an Independence Day alien ship mm -hmm. that would come zap it. There are there's these external threats coming to get what we don't actually deserve. What we've ill-gotten get. There's this almost subconscious understanding that one day it will be. And, and we talk about the zombie apocalypse movies. And mm -hmm. I almost and there's a lot of people. I don't know that I necessarily agree that you know cultures downstream from politics or vice versa, like Andrew Breitbart says. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people say this current obsession with mowing down protesters has a lot to do with the kind of um, zombie apocalypse obsession, suburbanite hoarding and just kind of like, no, I'm going to protect my family and mine if the zombies ever come, these unspecific mm. hordes, this yeah. external threat. Or if like ISIS ever comes to the country yes. and shit yes. like that. Yes, yes, Like, you know what's the, the craziest example of that? American Sniper. Yeah. Because, oh my God. I, you know what a crazy, uh, like a good example of just uh, fears, irrational fear. Irrational fear. Uh, a lady that I work with at a job that I attend <laughs> against my own will against my own will because I need to survive yeah uh, the, she she was talking we were doing political quizzes for some odd reason I don't fucking know why but she took hers and then one of the questions was like do you want like refugees to come into the do you believe that refugees should be accepted from Syria and she said no because what if that refugee is a terrorist? And then I said, <laughs> and then I said, well, what if it's a child? <laughs> and then she's like, ain't you ever seen American Sniper, boy? No, she didn't say that. But she was just like, I mean, they could be terrorists, too. 
I, but then you think of like America. So I don't know if you've ever seen America. I have before. It very you know that one talks about how sometimes you got to kill the kids because yes, they could be having a bomb too. Exactly. Yep. That type of shit. That it type of rhetoric. An American I justifying not, the murder of children. Yes, and she's like the type of person who would love America Sniper and be like, "Oh my god!" Like go yeah. right to her Facebook friends yeah, about yeah, how yeah. fucking great it is. I'm just airing out word gossip right now. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but, go for it. I remember but, yeah. smoking weed out of an apple and going to see it at a dine-in theater when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And very ironically leaning into it and being like, yeah, I'm getting a burger and a beer and watching American Sniper and just like (laughs) really letting myself get carried away. And uh, even in my ironic detachment, it made me like sick to my stomach. It is like an evil movie. It's It's Third Reich fucking like shit. Like it's wild, bro. Yeah. yeah, truly, like, Sniper's fucking... What's that a Nazi movie, Sniper's Prom, I Promise or some shit? I don't know. Nah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's like a Riefelstein fucking movie. It's fucking... Or whatever the fuck. I don't you know. I don't actually know anything. It's like we, what we they do pretend. with they parody in, in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, literally, exactly yes. Bingo. Yeah. Um, so, our Hitler, Donald Trump... Um, <laughs> true... <laughs> True. <laughs> Has I'm, I'm going to edit in just two chains yelling, true. The best moment, not to derail, the best moment in mainstream media history is when Nancy Grace is interviewing two chains. I think about politics. Like maybe this was a Black Lives Matter interview years ago. Very well could have been. Um, and she tries to attack him by saying, oh, but you promote drugs in your music. Here's I'm reading a line right from your song. <coughs> And it says that you are smoking California weed with California whores. <laughs> and he, he leans into the microphone on national TV and goes, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> Just a great moment for the culture. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what were you saying um, before that? So... But I also, uh, the next couple episodes may seem, or the one after the next will start seeming a little choppier. It is because I will currently be in California, smoking California, we with California hoes. But one, one hoe. One, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Just kidding, I love Time you, baby. Will tell. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but. I'm gonna block out my voice there so that I love you, baby. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't hear me over laughing, I said I was kidding that I love you, baby. But um, but yeah, nah. So Trump in his in his Adolf Hitler drug induced paranoia has recently started floating some really interesting theories about me and my anti friends. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a my favorite is bags of soup, but we'll get to that one. <laughs> we'll get to that one. That's like the really that's the best one. Yeah. So we'll save that for last. So let's start out here. <laughs> With so here's the first time he floated the Antifa plane theory, which is pretty is pretty funny. So listen, listen, <laughs> listen to this. I'd like to mention Biden because he's not controlling anything. Who, who do you they think control. is pulling Biden's strings? Uh, is it former Obama people officials? that you've never heard of? People that are in the dark shadows. People that. Oh, what does that mean? That sounds like conspiracy theory. Dark shadows. No, what is people that? that you haven't heard of. They're they're people that are on the streets. They're people that are controlling the streets. We had somebody get on a plane from a certain city this weekend. And in the plane, it was almost completely loaded with, with thugs wearing these dark uniforms, black uniforms with gear and this and that. We're called goths. They're on a plane. Jeez. Where's, where's the, I'll tell you sometime, but I, I, Just it's under investigation right now. Anything. But they came from a... Like, I'll tell you about it sometime, but it's under investigation right now. Just so then he can't keep the story straight. So listen to this. Then yeah. two days later, he's outside of a plane, and they're asking him about it. Listen to this. Uh, I could probably refer you to the person and they could do it. I'd like to ask that person if it was okay, but a person who was on a plane uh, said that there were about six people like that person, more or less. And uh, what more happened or less. is the entire plane <laughs> filled up with the looters. 
Jews, the anarchists, the rioters, people that obviously were looking for trouble. And the person felt very uncomfortable in the plane. This would be a person you know. So I will see whether or not I can get that person. I'll let them know, and I'll see whether or not I can get that person to speak to you. But this was a first-hand account of a plane going from Washington to wherever. It's like he's answering the phone for somebody who's not home. No, yes. No, he's like... He's not home. Do you hear this shit? Dude! No, but actually... Yeah. Like, what is the fuck is he talking about? And then he, like, he literally, he's so bad at lying. He's like... It's someone you know. It's a friend. I can't say, but he and and then not only did it go from a plane full of antifa to like, yeah, there were like six people more or less. <laughs> like so yeah, now, but the plane was full of fucking. We're thugs, down yeah. to like it was one dude in black with Liberty spikes <laughs> who looked like a Tony Hawk character and scared this RNC attendee who then told Donald Trump who then in his own head twisted the story into the fact that his political enemies who as I earlier alluded to in the podcast. Podcasts do very well exist are loading planes with us to mm-hmm. fuck up the RNC. Now, what he doesn't realize is that his political enemies are also our political enemies. They don't like yeah. us either. So they're not giving us money. Listen, mm-hmm. I wish it, I, I was being funded by Vladimir Putin. I wish I had Russian hackers on my side. I wish I was being funded by George Soros mm-hmm. and I had all that sweet, sweet, sweet Israeli cash on my side. And that's not anti-Semitic. There's a lot of money in APAC. It's just a fact. Um, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and on top of that, I fucking wish... I don't know what the third one was. Vladimir Putin, George Soros. I don't, the ruling, there was the ruling class. The ruling class. I wish the ruling class, it was allied. I wish that there was people of influence that wanted to, to, to destroy the fabric of American society and, and rework and rebuild. These motherfuckers want to protect it. They do not want us delegitimizing institutions. They do not want us attacking their power. They do not want leftists replacing them in their jobs. They hate us. They, and, and Trump, um, incorrectly, I think, you know, and it's paranoia. It's pure, unfiltered fucking paranoia. The numbers are changed and it's just, it's just bullshit. But Trump, we've talked about this before. He like is a Fox news. He listens to Fox. He almost believes their own shit. He very much is a like post propaganda president. He's like a Fox news watching president. Like, Mm -hmm. and so, but funny, let me play this. He literally can't get the story straight. Listen to this shit. So this first clip is from the August 31st Laura Ingram interview, and then the next one's the interview from outside Air Force One, which we played just before. They're on a plane. Where's the worst story? I'll tell you sometime, but I, I, it's under investigation right now. <laughs> but they came from a certain city, and this person was coming to the Republican National Convention. This was a first-hand account of a plane going from Washington to wherever. (laughs) (laughs) Just like no continuity between the two stories. He forgot. He doesn't even know where the plane was going. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where the fucking plane was going. These people don't live in reality. It doesn't matter because all that matters is Antifa was on it. They all had black shit on. They're coming for you. They got double the reward points at the gate because they had their George Soros issues. (laughs) (laughs) Like the paramilitary gear. It's crazy. (laughs) Also, who the fuck is wearing their paramilitary uniform (laughs) through like JFK? (laughs) And getting through without being questioned by anybody. What the fuck? It's just such a fucking like... like, (laughs) I don't even... And yet they're still murdering us and getting away with it. So like imagine if they were good at lying. So like... (laughs) It's fucking crazy. It really is. Um... <laughs> I just you have to laugh. Like, you what really else can do. you do? Because it's just the uh, I'm it's absurd every day. It's absurd. Yeah. Have we talked about the Wilmington massacre on this podcast? I don't think we have. So we're a North Carolina leftist podcast, and um, some of our listeners from leftist Twitter asked, uh, or people who asked on Twitter, you know, recommend me some podcasts from the South. And had people recommend them. And so, like, we're happy to, you know, do... I think we kind of want to report a little more on shit that goes on in North Carolina. Mm. So, to to shift the gears to that focus a little bit, to that end, I think we should talk about some history, which is the Wilmington Massacre. Now, Wilmington, at one point, similar to, you know, the city that was once Central Park and many other places, was once... Had a thriving black community. 
Um, I believe that there was a part in downtown Wilmington that was called Black Wall Street or something like that. And and that I might be conflating it with something else. But anyway, there was a thriving black community. And I haven't actually read into this in a long time. But essentially what happened was, kind of a tale as old as time, the white boys thought the black boys were going to fuck their girls. So they rallied up a militia and killed hundreds of black people, looted and burned their stores and threw them all into the fucking river. Mm-hmm. Now that's Wilmington history. And, so, you know, people have been coming to terms with that through this movement. And uh, Donald Trump today went down to Wilmington, North Carolina. And he did so. And it's very interesting. It, 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 this, and I'm going to try to explain this the best I can because I understand in my own head the subtleties of what he did today. But it's going to be difficult for me to articulate them. But I'm going to try my best. He went down to Wilmington, North Carolina to declare it the first ever like historical landmark for World War II. Mm-hmm. Did you hear anything about this? I think that was, or like, this is the first ever historical World War II city. It was some kind of declaration like mm. that. I've never really heard of that before, but it's like kind of like a, it's it's a smart thing to do. We love World War II. Last time we were clearly the good guys. Rah, rah, World War II. I don't think we should really be considered a good guy in that war because we literally We really mur- weren't. Yeah. We murdered 66,000 or upwards of 60,000 people in one fucking... But there was an... E- well, my point being there was an evil. Yeah, yeah. The, and things e- were a little more black and white. It's easy to paint that narrative. Yeah, right 100%. But still, it's a very abhorrent act. It It, it is. And, and I mean, the nuclear so bombs... Generations of people. Yeah, the nuclear yeah. bombs specifically... Nelson Mandela has a quote about this, and uh, I don't want to butcher it, but it's the most horrific act that I think any country has committed. And and it wasn't to really any specific strategic end other than scaring the communists and then the Soviet Union, you you know, whether they were really communists is up for debate. Uh, It was to scare. it, It was a way. It was Cold War. It was. Flexing our muscles to say, we are murderous fucks and we will do this to defend capitalism. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a lesson that any of us within our country fighting it should forget. That's what they're willing to do. They're willing to nuke and decimate an entire group of people. Human life is of very little import to the people that actually make these Mm -hmm. decisions. And And, But you can also make the argument that, you know, the Japanese attacked us... Of course, of course, but at that time in the war, there was no strategic Mm -hmm. reason, and and obviously you could argue one, Mm -hmm. but when you really break it down, what was the strategic purpose in doing that? We were winning. We were gonna win. Yeah, no, we we were pretty. We were pretty much almost taking all of the Pacific. uh, And what do they call that? Pacific Theater. Yes, and uh, we, quite frankly, it was done so that we could. I mean, brutalize Japan. But then what we did was we basically effectively took it over. We had our own military there in that corner of the world. And we and, and so it was a, it, there was a strategic end, but it was a strategic end in fighting communism, not a strategic end in defending Americans or protecting American life. It was, it was, not, it, it was about a larger project. And human life will always be secondary to said project of protecting capital interest. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but specifically in Wilmington, and there was a line that stuck out to me, and I actually wrote it down on my phone, but it's funny because it's kind of a way for him to, for the racists, kind of wink and go, we're going to honor Wilmington. This is a city with rich American history. And there's Mm -hmm. kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod, there's an acknowledgement of the Wilmington Massacre. You get what yeah. I'm saying? This yeah, is that's... the site of, a, of an abhorrent act against the black community. Mm-hmm. And so as a white nationalist president, there's kind of a – there's a reason Wilmington, North Carolina – because ha- how they justified it was that they did a lot of manufacturing for World War II. I'm sure. I'm not – I'm no fucking historian. Mm-hmm. But if you're out there, please DM us. I am sure there were other cities that played more of a role in the manufacturing during World War II than Wilmington did. This was picked because it's the site of the Wilmington Massacre. Mm-hmm. But 
Because it, it'll get people to look into it and maybe be inspired by the acts of maybe, that. but but or just to honor Wilmington, not detract in in a, in, an, in an era where people are trying to detract from its history, talk about its evil history. We're going to uphold it as a great American city. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, what he said was, um, you know, we he specifically had this rhetoric, and so I like the rhetoric of like when he talks about Antifa being on a plane. I like the rhetoric when people show a plane of World War II American soldiers and go, plane full of uniform Antifa circa 1944. That's funny. I like that rhetoric. And that's using their warmongering, jingoistic rhetoric about defeating the Nazis and defeating fascism and evils and fighting for freedom. It's weaponizing it against them. Now, granted, there is a great discussion to be had and one that we kind of have had about the Lincoln Project and general Democrat strategy about playing into Republican talking points. But I don't necessarily know that violent resistance against fascism is a Republican talking point. I think that's been a misstep of their political project to laud World War II and the fight against the Nazis as this big thing. But anyway, this guy, and this is what they're cleverly trying to do. Here's what they think they'll get away with. And I'm, I'm ready to call their bluff. I don't think they'll get away with this. But Trump said there was once a time where Americans stood up against fascism. Now we have these fascist violent mobs in the streets. We did not defeat fascism. He equated the mobs to fascism. We did not defeat fascism over there to have fascism over here. Mm. And he made it like, we need to defeat the fascists again. And he specifically said, I am just waiting for the Dems to give me the call and say, come in, take care of them. And so he really gave this fascist speech about, no, we need another woman to massacre. And we're going to do it with our army. I'm just waiting for the word. And I do worry about, and it's why I said I'm voting for Joe in spite of all our many criticisms on the show. I do worry that that really is what he's pushing for, is violent militias to dump bodies of BLM protesters in the river again. Mm -hmm. But then do you think... While calling them the anti-fascist, calling them, oh, we're fighting, the violent mobs are the fascists and we're the good guys. So... So if that if it comes to terms of the federal government comes in and dumps off like a hundred people, right? It like dumps off a hundred protesters, yeah, or peaceful protesters, right? And they come in and just dump them off. Do you think that? I mean, I don't well, mean, they'll never do peaceful protesters. You know, the media—that's mm-hmm. a media word, by the way. Yeah, it'll always be the ones that they could technically call violent, or technically then, these are the ones that were organized through this, this, that, and the third. Yeah, but even even then, like they're breaking windows. Like this is like. I think people will see – I hope people will see past that. Point. I hope people will see past that too. But they really are going full force with this rhetoric mm-hmm. of we once defeated fascism. We need to defeat it again. And Black Lives Matter, answer for they are the fascists. And this is not an ideology that's only present on the right. There are a lot of liberals that feel the same way, mm-hmm. that feel that Black Lives Matter, the leftists, Bernie bros, all the people to the left of them are a plot. A fascist plot to undermine America, whether it's Vladimir Putin's or whoever's, mm-hmm. they think that it is a or or Trump's to to take away from our great Joe Biden, whatever the fuck the however the fuck they rationalize it, that's what they think, mm-hmm. and you know it worry it worries me to watch. I watched it live the Wilmington stream today, mm-hmm. and it was it was genuinely concerning and scary, um, but then I busted out laughing because literally a second after saying like. I'm just waiting for the word for these Dems to let me take care of the violent mobs. And there's all this applause. And he's like, thank you, thank you, everybody. All right. And then he walks off stage. And the song he walked off to was YMCA by the Village People. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, after calling for the blood of protesters, it's like... I'm just like, bro, like, you, you just... People in the crowd are just fucking... Yeah, doing the YMCA. After talking bro. about murdering protests. Dog, dog. Just like, and you just have to laugh. You just have to... You just... So and, 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 yo, and Trump's walking, like, bobbing along to the song, like, pointing at people, like, yeah, I see yeah. you. I see you dancing, like, yep. Yeah, uh-huh, Hit like, that Y. Hit that Y. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog. I mean, it's some really wild terrifying, shit. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> some really wild shit. The best. It's not as good as the moment. My favorite Trump music selection moment mm-hmm. 
Well, the best was them playing All Star at the inauguration. Smash Mouth playing All Star and Trump singing along and belting out I'm not the sharpest tool of the shed. Was, that was a top Trump moment, but, but I actually have not seen that, so I'm about to There's look legitimately that up. a video of Trump belting out I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed and the Secret Service guy behind him, you see him go Oh shit! This is gonna be all like <laughs> you, this is you, gonna be a long four yeah, years. You literally see him go like, "Oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna be in the GIF image of him doing this for the rest of my life." Like, <laughs> but is uh, this how I will be remembered? <laughs> so let's say the best post-Corona Trump music moment was him touring a mass factory, um, giving a speech, and then walking off to live and let die. <laughs> <laughs> Live and let die, boom, boom. Like, just like in the mask factory. Just like, whoa. Like, I feel like these people know exactly what's Yeah, they told you. They're leaning into it. They really are. Like, fucking the, the Democrats were leaning into that fucking protest song they did at the DNC. Oh, like, like whatever shit where they There's put that There's something happening here. Yo, what the fuck was that outfit? That, what the f- he looked like a uh, black Hamilton character. <laughs> he looked like he just got offset at Hamilton. He looked like Black Dracula. Yes. What, no, he had with like the arms, the long pointy arm sleeves. Uh-huh. Or Hamilton. That's also good. Or, Hamilton's pretty funny. Or Michael Jackson. Yeah, no, it, like, it, 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 no. A Michael like, Jackson and B rated Michael Jackson. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not, not Michael like with Jackson the jewels had drip. And shit. Yeah, he like, did have drip. He I was like say. attempting yeah. to do Michael Jackson drip, but failing <laughs> horrifically. Like, yeah. It, which, yeah, I was just waiting on him to do like the whole like jazz, <laughs> jazz hands over the eyes and just both yeah, like he did something no, happened. I, I'm not even fucking around with you. I'm pretty sure he, I like I'm like decently unless I'm now just envisioning that in my head. I'm decently certain that is something I've seen with my own eyes. <laughs> I'm decently. <laughs> Like Dave Chappelle when he does the Prince skit. Like, that's exactly what he looked no, like. No, no lie. He like, had the sleeves from the Prince skit. Those big, ruffly sleeves. That's like what the motherfucker was wearing. And just singing. With it was that, a Prince outfit. It, it wasn't Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was a Prince outfit. That's spot on. It was a yeah. fucking Prince outfit they had this, this guy in. Fucking, oh my god, man. And the, the, the white dude playing guitar who's just sitting there with sunglasses the on. The whitest guy. Who looks like he just got off stage with Phil Collins and shit. Like, it's crazy. It's like, Either got off stage with Phil Collins or they found him feeding birds in a park. <laughs> and it was like, like, hey, can you pretend, can you move your arms enough to pretend like you're playing guitar? Yeah, hey, old right. white guy, would you like to represent the uprising <laughs> through this anthem from... The generation that actually just did nothing and took acid all the time. Let's yeah. do that. Which, honestly, that song in that era, the, the, the DNC really are the hippies that gave up. Mm. That is like, yeah. they, they are the hippies that decide, like, you know, it's actually cooler if we just all love each other, man. And and then the, and, and, and let evil actors just completely have, take the reins while they just fucking laid back. Yeah. Not going to be me, dog. I'm a deadhead, but I'm not all about all that shit. Like. For real, I'm, we're not going to make the same mistakes this time around. And let me tell you something else. This generation, they talk about the hippies, this, that, and the third. We are so much cooler. The drugs that have been done in the past decade. Yeah. it's. I'm serious. It's more than the 70s, the 60s, and 80s combined. No, because the, the, the SoundCloud rapper phase brought a lot of drug use that along alone. with it. With... Especially with Xanax yeah. and Percocets. Yeah. If, even now, you hear people, give me a pop of me a Perc and I give them more stamp. That is yeah. mainstream music. Yeah. Like now. <laughs> no, it's like the, the whole like druggy hippie movement came back like full mm-hmm. fucking force. Yeah. But very cleverly, the CIA decoupled it from any type of meaningful politics. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they criminalized it and then just went about with their day. No, literally. Um, a lot of those older acts... You know, a lot of that whole era really, like, the crowning achievement being Woodstock kind of sums it up. And uh, I, we, I'd love to do a whole episode on the hippie movement because what's really interesting to me is that a lot of these deadhead, like, wellness hippie types mm-hmm. are, like, kind of QAnon anti-vaxxers. There's a lot of overlap between I know it's really fucked that up. That is weird. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of overlap between like the hippie community, the hippy dippy kind of community, and this like 
I'll never take the Bill Clinton, Bill Gates COVID vaccine. Like, there's like a massive overlap. And listen, I'm kind of in that Venn diagram. (laughs) A couple more acid trips, I might be there. But, but like, there is a real, there is a real kind of continuity there that should be talked about. And also how a lot of those people became boomers and uh, made a little money and then... Completely forgot about begging for tickets outside a dead show and, uh, and running around being homeless. And, and fucking in a tent outside. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I've literally heard LSD. older deadheads talk about how they need to throw the homeless in jail. And it's like, you were homeless. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you were a disgust. You, yeah. you were worse you were than homeless. homeless. Yeah, the, you were actually worse than a homeless worse person. Worse than a homeless yeah. person. That's you exactly smelled what I worse. Because yeah. you, smell- <laughs> you had sweat from the drugs on you, too. Yeah, yeah so like, like literally. <laughs> you smell like hippie pussy on top of everything else. Yeah, no, and truly. Mud. Yeah. What time are we at? We're a minute three. All right. Almost minute four. All right. Um, let's call it. Let's call this out. Yeah. All right. Stank hippie pussy. Stank hippie pussy. Uh, what else? What else? Fuck, we're going to Barack Obama. Okay. <laughs> if you any conservatives out there that think he's the Antichrist, if you want to do like a comic book style team up, hit our line. No, bro. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Bang our shit inside agitator on IG. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to go through any like domestic terrorist plot right now, but like we're know. on the list, bro. We hundred percent know. We're on the list. Might as well just lead into it. The rest of them are living let die. <laughs> boom boom. <laughs> Boom, 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 oh, leave it, let it down, boom. And on that note, we're going to head out. <laughs> it's fun to be at the YMCA. Okay. <laughs> so no, at the YMCA. I don't know how to end this. Just end it. Just end it. I, I figured you'd just end on me singing at some point. I thought you would hit the button by now. <laughs> All right. See y'all later. See you there. <laughs>